Welcome, Reverend Miriam. Welcome, Brother Craig, to this beautiful teleclass tonight. Thank Thank you, Padre. Padre. You're welcome. It's the perfect season or the perfect perfect title for tonight's theme about love, a season of love, and what we bring to the table tonight, I think, will touch hearts, touch people in a way that they, too, can respond to, whether it's the, the love of the creator, the universe, our families, or to be broken open in order to experience the love of God or of our loved ones or friends or family or children. So I think this is a it's the the heartbeat of heaven I believe has picked this out for both the three of us to share tonight and I'm actually looking very forward to this state of grace. And with that said, Miriam, could I have an invitation for you to open up our teleclass with prayer? Yes. So Last night was the last night of Hanukkah, and as I lit the candles each of the eight nights this time, I was called to just sit with the light and simply be with the light. And one menorah I have, I got in Israel when I was 16, and it depicts rabbis praying at the Western Wall, which is one of the mm. holiest sites to pray for, pray in Israel. And as this, as I sat absorbing the light this Hanukkah, I was literally taken to the Western Wall, and I was standing in front of the massive stone with the many cultures and religious people around me, and all of my prayers were flowing onto the pieces of paper being inserted into the cracks and the crevices of the wall. And if you haven't been there, that's what people do. Millions and millions of people visit this wall every year and write their prayers and place them on little papers into the cracks and the crevices of the wall. And so the wall represents a holy place of prayer where we are all one. It is a reminder of the power of prayer, that prayer itself can transform nations, transform ideologies, transform disease, war, fear, anger, grief. This is a place that reminds us of God's love for us and that the greatest gift we can give is to celebrate the light in each other's eyes. So tonight I'm going to invite you to join me at the wall to pray so you can energetically tap into that holy space. And let's put forth our deepest prayers of healing. Let's give up whatever is holding us back from unity. Let's tap into our hearts in a new way. Let's carve out a space inside us to receive the glory of love, the glory of abundance, the glory of joy beyond the mind, a place of freedom in the light. And we say thank you. Thank you for anchoring in this unity, this connectedness to our brothers and sisters, to our animal friends, to the water, to the moon, to the sun, to the flowers, to the trees, to the air. Let us bless this entire world, this entire universe with the glory of light and love. Amen. 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 Can I stay at the the wall? I would love to. <laughs> Man, I I love that prayer. I love the imagery you brought to each of us. I can just see myself handing my prayer request to you, to the rabbi, to put into the wall. Spent to Israel and love Israel. I would love to return back to Israel because there's something about the land, the experience where God walked the earth. It just stirs my heart. Mm. And I told the story once before of my first trip there, and we were on the bus, and they were, I didn't, you know, we were going into Israel from the airport and off to the horizon after we went up this hill. All I could see is the, the gold dome. And I just 
bursted out in tears like I was home again. And, you know, not anticipating it. It just it just was an instantaneous recognition. I'm home. And I want everyone to experience that tonight. As we open up words, stories, our own stories, quotes that open up the heart to what this season is all about. For Hanukkah, the eight days of Hanukkah, I've had many lights in my home, candles lit. Actually, I have two in front of me right now. One is a purple one representing Nazent. It has Ron Ross' name on it. And the second one is the Sacred Heart of Jesus, all lit up. And it's just something about light. You mentioned that, Miriam, in your prayer about let's see the light in each other's eyes. And I think that's the purest form of God, in a sense, without putting barriers. But I think we've all encountered that, and hopefully on a daily basis, if not special moments in our lives where we recognize that the inner temple of the Holy Spirit that's within us. And to me, the this season of love has a tremendous response to God's ability to tap into our hearts, our lives, our homes, whatever we lack. There's a gift awaiting us. And if we can position ourselves, as each of you are doing tonight by being on this call, and thank you for being on this call. I know everybody's time is limited. So for those who participate in listening to this talk tonight, it tells me the Holy Spirit wants and desires to allow change to happen, a sweet change, a softness, an awareness of God's presence in and about our, our daily practice besides our workplace. So I could just go on and on and on right now. I just really sense the Holy Spirit's presence. And I think because of Catherine's prayer, um, Miriam's opening prayer, our dialogue tonight and in preparation for that, my heart is already full. And I, I desire each of your prayers to be answered in a most profound way. If you can either, when you're listening to us tonight, maybe write down your prayer request and maybe put it underneath a candle and then light it for the, until Christmas. Make an act of the will that whatever is touching you, allow that grace to flow. And of course, if you're so moved to talk about your experience from tonight, from the talks to the prayers, uh, we would love to hear from you because to me it acknowledges you see the light in Miriam in Craig and myself, but you also see that reflection in yours. And to me, we're home once again in the spirit. So let's talk about that season of love. I'm going to first ask Craig to speak. In, in our preparation, we've shared thoughts, Miriam, Craig, and I, and the congruency of that is so special because we all come from a different place, but yet we meet in the middle called the heart. So, Craig, what is your what is your position on the title, the season of love? What is maybe your preparation or your experience so far in, in walking the walk of love today? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the invitation, Padre. I feel just so blessed to be part of this service tonight, and it didn't start that well for me because. November has been a difficult time for me, uh, probably for close to the last 60 years. My father was mentally ill and took his own life in 1963. And I was a young lad, lad, and the family after that kind of, you know, went into a dysfunctional spiral. My mother took to drink. And just for so long, in, in November, it's like I revisit this time, November, December, because of all the holidays, well, partially because of the holidays, they seem so hollow. We tried to pretend that things are normal, but they really yeah, really weren't. And then recently, you know, being in the fellowship of CLM and developing a prayer life, this particular November, just all these memories from that time just were flying up. Just in meditation, they were, they were palpable. I could revisit 
revisit the wow. difficult times. And I thought, oh, my God, I have this assignment. I have to talk about joy and love. And I, I was feeling anything but joyful and loving. And I just I said, okay. Yeah. So I, I thought, okay, well, I can take it. You know, I can you know, <laughs> kind of sure. get myself going. But then I thought, yeah, I said, no, Holy Spirit, I have to be true to this. Help me. <laughs> Help me. So yeah, I went yeah. to... I discovered that it was Advent, and I go, okay, what is Advent? So I started researching Advent, and I saw that it was a period of, it comes from the word, Latin word, coming. So it, it's a period of preparation for the birth of Jesus Christ, but it's also a preparation for the second coming of Christ, for the Christ comes again for that yeah. moment of of judgment. And so I thought, well, it's not just one event, it's all the time because we're always waiting. And then I came up, but I still felt kind of boned out, but, and I came upon <laughs> a quotation from this man, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a German theologian and also a death camp victim. He was a Lutheran theologian and he died and he was ultimately executed. And one of the quote that jumped out at me was this, the celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul, who know themselves to be poor and imperfect, and who look forward to something greater to come. And I thought, wow. oh, that's me. You know, I, so I'm ready. <laughs> Advent is my season, <laughs> so I qualify. So I just kind of, you know, asked the Holy Spirit to come in, and I, I, I got Bonhoeffer's book that he wrote while he was in prison on Advent, where he wrote an entry for each day of Advent for four weeks. And as I read this, I was just kind of drawn into just a healing, healing presence, and I realized that the healing presence of of, of Jesus is here, and regardless of what I think or how I feel, or even if I do feel broken, that makes me more open to this and willing to willing to wait, willing to be humble and not necessarily try to define the season by by a yeah. conventional means. So that's how it started and uh, just as I was entering into this and then I've been reading Hildegard of Bingen who is a 12th century mystic, she wrote some sermons or some homilies on Christmas. And between the two writings, it just kind of deepened my understanding of what Advent is and what it means to, what the nativity means and the whole, the whole drama of the trip to Bethlehem and what took place. Well, you know, Craig, the German person who wrote this book before he was killed on Advent. And it takes such a different approach, in a sense, to regular Christianity, in a sense, because to me, Advent is, you know, the word Advent is coming, is Christ is coming. So we are in preparation, too, where he took it as, I'm going to prepare my heart of letting go of all this stuff that I have, rage, anger, addictions, suicide, whatever it might be, going to die. I'm sure he knew what his fate was going to be, but yet he rose above that and just allowed that I am exactly where God wants me to be today. And that's just to be with him, whatever circumstances that I are facing right now. And to have that awareness or that understanding had to come from the Holy Spirit's playbook in a sense, because it's a jewel. That reading, the book that you're reading, sounds very fascinating because we don't see a lot of books on that aspect. But yet, for you personally, the tragedy of, I understand, the when November comes around, I call it that stuck energy of your father committing suicide. And what, your birthday was two days after that, and you had Thanksgiving and Christmas, and then your mom also had a difficulty with life itself. So all the opportunities of healing those particular areas only comes from by the grace of God. 
and now using Advent in preparation too, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is stirring up these thoughts you've had or held or hid from is now being revealed, and now it can become a celebration instead of a hardening of the heart. So quite kudos to you, Craig, for doing the work. And I think it's across the board, anyone who's listening who has been invited to do a teleclass or a Zoom series or a retreat talk, and the, when the titles come out and then you get picked, you know, it's usually the opposite of what you're going through right now. <laughs> so it almost forces you to take another look at it and then going deeper and all of a sudden it comes to the surface and I don't take any credit for (laughs) picking them to me it's the Holy Spirit who highlights the name and then the the highlights the the theme of it and then you know we just put it out there so you're not an unusual duck so to speak (laughs) Craig when it comes to first feeling like why did I have to say yes to this one and then all of a sudden the (laughs) healing begins and I love your exactly. story. And I think it's, for those who are listening, probably half the people on this call had the same experience in a sense of, oh, November, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, it's coming around. And somehow there are wounds in all of us or disappointments in all of us that kind of have carried or lingered. So to me, it's beautiful that you bring this up because it's part of the whole. And we get to celebrate the joy of the Lord is our strength then. So thank you, Craig, for that portion of what you brought to the table because I think it's so important in my life, your life. My own experience around Thanksgiving and Christmas, being single, but I had 13 siblings. And it was one thing that I was was pondering today, I was thinking, it was easy for me to disappear because my siblings, they all had children, and then it was the grandchildren, and my mom had, and dad had about 36 of those. And it's like, so there wasn't a quiet moment in our gathering. So I could just kind of disappear. And, you know, I didn't have to be <laughs> the, the show, so to speak. And I know it was more hidden than I was around, even though I loved or whatever. But it never felt fulfilled in a sense. I love being around people, period. But yet there's that, it's that inner knowing. Is like Miriam says, seeing the, the light in another person's eyes. To me, there is that instead of, oh, I got a gift, yep, that light is going to be there, but temporarily, instead of saying, I see you, totally different. Miriam, in your, thank you, Craig. Miriam, in your preparation, mm-hmm. the quote or even your opening prayer kind of opened the door for the more. Can you elaborate more on that? Mm hmm. I love how you were talking about the themes that you get and how it kind of comes through and it, you don't even know how it all connects, but that's, it's, I think season of love. I've really been feeling the interweaving of all of the different teleservices and zoom series and events that we have within our community and how it's creating such this beautiful space for all of us to tap into for healing. And if every event seems to be building on it. And and so that's yeah. kind of what I've actually been realizing for me. Like I, I've been, and then so as I was preparing for this, I was realizing like the prayer that Ryan invited us into in the November retreat is something that really struck in my heart. It's, um, he invited us to really look at breaking down the walls of separation and mm. seeing everybody as ourselves and to me that is the season of love and the the that phrase about seeing celebrating the light in each other's eyes you know that is what being in the season of love is and there's this little quote from Adi Shanti that where that line came from that I really that really struck my heart which uh, says here we do not ask God for favors but instead celebrate the light in each other's eyes. So if you are ready to stop denying yourself your own beauty, you have come to the right place. Wake up now and praise this day when you realize that God's eyes are the ones you are looking out of and into. Mm. And I feel, for me, it's like I've just been realizing ways that I have been 
holding on to separation, whether it's conscious or unconscious, subtle or not. And that has really been putting me in an exploration of, of really, of going, of, of, of seeing that discomfort and feeling it. I've been like kind of sitting in the discomfort in myself of like, where am I still running from the pain? Where am I still running from not wanting to see myself as the other? There's a lot of intensity in the world right now with all that's going on. And I, it can be so easy to put that as like other, you know, or put that yeah. as yeah. like, it's not me. It's not, I'm not part of it or I didn't create this. <laughs> and that's what yeah. I've really been looking at in myself is like, well, how am I part of this? Where am I still not allowing myself to truly celebrate the light in somebody else and truly um, acknowledge mm. that that is the foundation for love? The existence of love is by that act of connection. That is beyond anything that you would say. It's not with words, it's with presence. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of the place. And it's so fascinating. I just realized it actually not like right before the call, I was kind of looking at things and then inviting people to go to the wall. It's hilarious. It was kind of, it's an interesting thing where the wall itself in Israel sort of represents Mm. the breaking, everything that we're breaking down in ourselves, the walls in ourselves that we're breaking down. Yeah. I I didn't really see that until now. (laughs) I love that. I mean, I I love the mystery that's just being revealed because it's the crack in the walls (laughs) that actually go into. Again, there's intention. There's intention colors. There's our own desires. God hears all of those, you know, because he wants us to be made whole and complete because we are, in essence, spirit. So we are making the image as the likeness of our creator. So that's separation which Brian called us, made us aware of at, on the last retreat is really a metaphor into what we're experiencing tonight is just revealing the uncovering, the addictions, the disappointments, the anger, all those that, especially during the holidays, because let's face it, the holidays bring, it's supposed to have the heart embraced, so to speak where we have family, we have friends, we're supposed to be our best, we're supposed to give all these things we were taught, but yet inside of us still is that little child that's wounded. And until Mm -hmm. that gets released or let go of or healed, we still keep repeating back the same things. Instead of reaching back and just being in remembrance of our holidays, the Jewish holidays, I I don't know if you watch Hallmark, but This year they had a a Hanukkah hallmark. And, oh, it was so great. I was so happy. Got to learn Mm -hmm. more about that. And But just the the way they taught each day, the eight days, and and preparation and the food and all that. It was such a – I was thinking, oh, Miriam taught us that. Oh, Miriam or Kelly taught us that. (laughs) But here it showed up in our hallmark thing. But it brought just great joy. It's like – I know some of that and I want to learn more because the symbolism of each act, each day, just like an Advent, means something. To me, it's, mm-hmm. I created an Advent wreath this year and our church, the Catholic church that I attend to, uh, during the month of November, the priests offered anybody who wants to put names in for the month of November, we, we will light a purple candle. And, and I went, oh, so I picked out three names. One was Ron Ross. The other was my parents. The other was my sister who just passed on last year, two years ago. So, and so they were up the whole month, candles lit. And so then Advent started. So now I brought them home and they become my purple, or yeah, three purple candles. Then I have the fourth candle, which is a pink one for Advent, meaning the week before Easter. And that pink candle represents my celebrating my family. So, very symbolic, but yet very heartwarming, very prayers that go out to them, to everyone, and, and you included who's on this call, and those who put bring in your prayer requests every evening on our website, that we really do cover you in prayer. And it's about allowing the spirit.
Spirit to move us in a different position. And if my prayer, if our prayers can move you to a different place or state of awareness of the Christ consciousness, the angels sing. My heart gets fuller and fuller at those decrees that we actually, sometimes we're conditioned for, for the Catholics, Advent is a normal thing. For the Jewish holidays, they're, they're set in place, and you celebrate them. And it's not same old, same old, but it, it has a, a power and a, an experience that can come with that. Just as we open up the book of life, so to speak, or the scriptures, it says it becomes life-fulfilling. And that's all about the spirit, which means the heart is open to receiving and then listening to the download. So thank you, Miriam. Now, Craig, is there any other quotes that you have that you would like to share with us tonight? Or stories? Yeah, sure. I'd like to do some readings from the Bonhoeffer's book. But, but first, I just want to say what you were just expressing about the images of these holidays. I'm just so grateful that I was able to revisit them through the eyes of, of the guard of thing and and also Bonhoeffer is a different way where I was able to connect. It was almost like I wiped the slate clean of all the memories of Christmas past and just kind of connected with the coming of Christ. And the imagery just took on. It was more than just imagery. It was a, like it lived inside my body, the manger. It, uh. Joseph, and Mary's trip, Joseph and Mary's trip to Judea. And it, it was just wow. wonderful. So I'm just... I, it was a great healing healing event. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that. I have a reading here. It's from Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book on the Advent, and he had a, an entry for each for each day of Advent, and he broke the Advent weeks into waiting, which he thought was the waiting for Christ, but also we spend our whole life waiting for for that yeah. coming of Christ, yeah. and then the the second. Second week is the mystery, just the incomprehensibility of the joy that that exists in, in, the, in the coming of Christ, and just the fact that it is incomprehensible makes it joyful. So it was like that's what joy is for this oh. point of view. But I'll, I'll make this reading or this reading second week of Advent, the mystery. It's day three, and it's called Wonder of All Wonders. God travels wonderful ways with human beings, but he does not comply with the views and opinions of people. God does not go the way that people want to prescribe for him. Rather, his way is beyond all comprehension, free and self-determined, beyond all proof. Where reason is indignant, where our nature rebels, where our piety anxiously keeps us away, that is precisely where God loves to be. There wow. he confounds the reason of the reasonable. There he aggravates our nature, our piety. Mm. That, that is where he wants to be, and no one can keep him from it. Only the humble believe him and rejoice that God is so free and so marvelous that he does wonders where people despair. And he takes what is little and lowly and makes it marvelous. And that is the wonder of all wonders, that God loves the lowly. God is not ashamed of the lowliness of human beings. God marches right in. He chooses people as his instruments and performs his wonders where one would least expect them. God is near to lowliness. He loves the lost, the neglected, the unseemly, the excluded, the weak, and broken. So you get a sense of where he was coming. Imagine him writing this in a prison cell. It's I'm in awe of that quote. There's a depth of depth of understanding in his writings, but also in his living. I highlighted one of the 
attributes that you just read about. It says, God loves to aggravate our nature. And it's like, (laughs) is that why God sent me Ron Ron? (laughs) We all have someone, something, some workplace, some issue that just aggravates us. And you're saying, and he's saying, that was God. And it's like, yeah. I would say, well, that's my dysfunction. But God said, but I love your dysfunction because it, it reminds me that you need me. And it's like, oh, it kind of takes my breath away just contemplating that. Can you tell me again the title of that book? Because, and I'll put that in when they're recording because it's a, I think people would want to ponder that. Even if it's not during Advent, it's just during some of our challenges in life. Right. Uh, It's called God is in the Manger. And for Bonhoeffer, the Manger was, as he put it, it it should frighten people because it it basically brings you to your knees. I mean, it should should frighten kings. I mean, like what was Herod's response to Christ in the Manger? Well, you could see that it frightened him quite a bit. Wow. I think I'd get the ABGB. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Don't get too close because it's going to reveal right. our nature. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. I'm just so happy that the Holy Spirit drew you to that. How did you find that book? Well, as a Google, yeah, thank God for Google. <laughs> I mean, I put in Advent. And uh, I, this quote from him came up, and it was like, oh, boy, you got me. Oh, wow. Because like, here I was, just like, I, I was looking for a way out. You know, I'm just like, no, <laughs> there's no way. There's no way out. You know, no, you're, no, you're broken. No, I understand. You're no broken, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I talked about, talk about a divine setup for you. And I would say for all of us, just listening to that quote, Miriam, what is your impression of that quote that he just read to us? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the true testament of the power of love. That Mm. just in the harshest or most intense scenarios, that love is always there, that presence is always there. I have this this passage from Yogananda that really... I think relates to that. It says, the love of God, the love of spirit is an all-consuming love. Once you have experienced it, it shall lead you on and on in the internal, in the eternal realm. That love will never be taken away from your heart. It shall burn there. And in its fire, you shall find great magnetism of spirit that draws others onto you and attracts whatsoever you truly need or desire. Mm. And this is what you are seeking, every one of you. You think you want human love and prosperity, but behind these, it is your Father who is calling you. If you realize Mm. he is greater than all his gifts, you will find him. Wow. And that's so beautiful, Miriam. In that reading from Yogananda, what came to my awareness was even in the difficulty, even in the whether it's a divorce, whether it's a sickness, a disease, whatever we're positioned to look at, love is still the element that awakens us to the truth about ourselves or any situation. And love is the healing of that also. So it's a two-edged sword, so to speak. But yet it's the answer to all. And again, that realization of sitting in the quietness, sitting in the stillness, and just reflecting on staring at a person's eyes, staring at a lit candle or the lights that are blinking or the advent wreath, whatever it might be, these are all symbols, reflections of light. And to me, it opens the door to the heavenly realm because we're so earthly <laughs> and with our heads down instead of looking up. And, you know, a couple class ago, remember I told the story about going to a healing service and uh, one guy gave me a prophetic word that says, lift up your head and, and see. And so now that statement 
coming into this season of grace, I'm seeing it in a totally different way. But it is about the, the veil being lifted. It is about seeing the light in every person, including myself, even when I've erred or, or stepped aside or rejected or whatever it might be, that I just need to look up and see in a higher, the higher authority. And your quote, Miriam, about seeing it's Christ looking through us and also seeing himself, the idea mm-hmm. of both and. And it's like my head kind of spins right now, just the gravity of that, to behold God's glory. Now, didn't you write a little, I don't call it an essay, a poem, a, somewhat about that, about as you smile inward? Mm-hmm. You, would you like to share that? Yeah, these are words that can be, and it kind of relates to what you were just reading in your passage too, Craig, about how God puts people in our path, or I don't remember how it was worded, but there was something in what you read about how situations and people are put in our path to help us or support us. And anyways, I this when we see that kindness in the world, inside of us, outside of us, I feel like that's what really helps us all attune to that place of love. So anyway, these are the words that came to me. As we smile inward, the world smiles with us. And the gong of peace creates a tune that is easy for others to sing. When we remember our brilliance, life paints a canvas never seen before. A beauty so pure comes alive. A contagious joy spreads. Mm. Well, not only are you an artist, but you're a writer too, Miriam. You know, <laughs> you have beauty in your words, but in your expressions. You know, it's really a oh. gift you have that so embraces the light. And I just appreciate that in you. But I'm not gifted in that area. Sometimes it quote, slips out. Unbeknownst <laughs> to me, you know, if I'm listening to the tape or the recording later, I go, man, that was a good prayer. I don't take credit for it. I just know it comes through like that living stream. But it's about entering into that season. Hopefully that season is actually a lifestyle that we walk with Christ consciousness. We walk in that wonder, the oneness of God. For those who are part of the oneness movement, you know that it's that inner knowing to allow those thoughts, ideas, rages to come up, to be healed in the light, and then going beyond our limitations of what we either think or say and allow grace to take over. And to me, as a Christian walking in the, the Advent season, it is about preparing the way. For me, and you know, in the Catholic tradition, we give up, so we make room for the more. I'm a Protestant, go to a Catholic church and a Protestant church on Sundays. So I'm fasting. And then when I go to my Protestant church for Advent, they have breakfast before. <laughs> so they fill up, we empty <laughs> out. And there's the yin and the yang. You know? <laughs> and I just, I say God smiles. <laughs> so I can have the best of both worlds here. You know, but I thought, well, that's just their understanding. That's all it is. And, of course, I love to eat. So it's like it fills my, what? is empty in me can be filled up. But there it is, just being hospitable, respectful, honoring. And you can see the light in in the gesture, the opportunity of of being of service to others. So in this season of love, Craig, because of your transformation this month of this beautiful writing, how would you describe your, your inner world now? Has it been challenged? Has it been opened? Has it been revealed? How would you put that? Because, again, in preparation for, maybe you've already experienced the Christmas Christ within you experience. Well, I would say that it's been a challenge, but there's been a greater sense of, of peace and fullness in my in my formal periods of prayer, even through my life, but as I, you know, during the day. But as I sit in, in prayer, I'm, I'm able to t- kind of yield yield to the presence, yield to the presence of Christ. And even though things are, are coming up, memories might be coming up, they can exist 
in the midst of that. There, there doesn't have to be something that I need to accomplish, or there, there doesn't need to be a state that mm. I need to achieve in order to like say, okay, I'm praying now. Yeah, because it's just there. It's, it's just uh, it's, it's a joyousness. It's like the Holy Spirit taking these things away, both revealing revealing them and taking them away. And it's like there's there's nothing for me to to achieve. I just kind of turn my attention to God's God's presence. And I really resonated with something Miriam read in her poem as I, I wrote it down and I'm not sure I got it correctly, but the, the gong of peace makes it easy for people to sing. And in a certain way, that kind of characterizes my meditation and prayer life, that there's an underlying awakening. There's a, a gong that that awakens me, and then there's a blossoming that ensues where I just kind of let go and open open up and say, okay, it's your, mm. it's your God. You are the you are you you are the vibration. You are the underlying vibration of of my life, and I acknowledge that, and I respond with joy and gratitude, and thank you because I've been able to let so many things go, and just be closer to just that primal kind of sense of of love that to enjoy that gong. A, a piece that is divine. Beautifully said. You know, I was had a session with one of my novices today, and we're talking about Saint Benedict, our spiritual mentor. And I quoted Saint Benedict on in my conversation, and I like his quote. He talks about prefer nothing to the love of Christ. And you know that statement is so profound. Prefer nothing except the love of Christ. And to me, love is the answer. If we miss love, then we miss God. We miss free air, in a sense. And hopefully, we have a lifetime in order to find that perfect love that casts out evil, that heals the sick, that gives prophetic words, that positions us for the more, and meets us at the hour of our death. There is such a richness of this season, but this season to me is a person. This season has a, an embrace. It has a name. So the, as we celebrate the holidays, the many expressions or celebrations, whether it's Kwanda, Hanukkah, the list goes on and on and on. Maybe it's your spiritual tradition that there is a, there's a holiness that comes with these special dates on our calendars, like our birthdays like our anniversaries, like our new birth days, when we experience the love, the light of God. I would, for me, it would be my born-again birthday, which happened to be in May. There's a richness that's poured forth, or the opening that's poured forth in all that we do and say. One of the quotes I love in Romans 12:2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what is God's will, his good, his pleasing, and perfect will. And I think this is our walk in life, or maybe our stages in life, of finding out the good will, the acceptable will, the perfect will of God. And these seasons of grace, these holidays, these feast days, remind us or help us put on the path towards love, that we can discover more of what is God is asking you and I and us to do as a community, as individuals, as a father, as a mother, as a partner, as a spiritual director, whatever the, the calling is today on your life, because I think we hold many titles in our, our being of being who we are. I had an interesting conversation a couple of weeks ago with a person I had a prayer session with, and this person was having a very difficulty with another person in their family. And so I said, well, give me the name, and I'll pray for that person. And this person was so offended because I was going to pray for that person. <laughs> and inside, I just <laughs> chuckled because it's like, 
oh, my God, you know, we're talking about forgiveness, and I want to pray for that person besides you. So you can see, and not telling any tales, but how hard the heart was. I, I want you to pray for me, but not to that other person. Well, that's only half the prayer. It's going to defeat what we're putting there. But haven't we all done that in one state or another? Whether we have conversations with other people, we think it's this and it's not. If we just allow or if we like the, I call it the listening of the heart to open up, then we'll have an understanding. Because if I pray for my brother and my sister, the scripture says, and so shall I be healed. So it's the principle of give and then you shall receive. Give forgiveness and then it can come back to you. And say, no, they owe me that apology first. No, you give love first, and love reflects back to us. So it's really a, an opportunity for all of us to take a rest during these holidays and let the light speak to us. Let the love speak to us. Let the candle speak to us. Let the looking mm-hmm. in the mirror and just seeing who you are. Talk to yourself in the mirror and tell you how much you love you and what you see as you and reflect that back. So I think it's powerful to look in the mirror and just express those things and just tell mm-hmm. yourself how much you love you and the beauty that you are. I was listening to a, a conversation yesterday, and it was all about uh, pouring out your love for God and how much God wants to hear, how much God wants to hear our what we think of God, meaning I love you for who you are. I, I love your beauty. I love your kindness. I love your mercy. I love your embrace. That simple conversation about a person who loves another person. And why would not we put that attention towards our creator? We say, well, they know, she knows. No, we all want to hear it. So I mm-hmm. would ask each of you who are listening to this call is to take time out and just express that to your divine because the more you pour out love, love returns and it says not tenfold but 50%, 100% back to us. It's in that state of grace that we really allow God to, just as another encouragement, the Psalms are set up, there's 150 Psalms in the scriptures and during this quote season of reflection, maybe you want to pick one Psalm per day. It can be random. But Psalms are actually expressions of the more of our hearts towards God. If you need a little template, and there's some you know, 150 to choose from, but there's, there's some that it just pours, praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's just repetitious that you just feel there's a rhythm happening or your heart is opening up for the more. So we have a couple more weeks until the holidays. So prepare the way. And then it's that invitation out, come home. Come home to God. Come home to grace. Any other, whether it's quote or prayer, Miriam, before we enter into that special place of divine union and prayer? Yeah. There's this little quote that, or passage I had from Thomas Merton, and I love that you're inviting people to do something tangible and write or read or pray. I think that's lovely. But this It's like, here, I'll just read this. It says, what we are asked to do is to love. This love itself will render both ourselves and our neighbor worthy. Indeed, that is one of the most significant things about the power of love. There is no way to make a man worthy of love except by loving him. As soon as he realizes himself loved, he will feel himself instantly becoming worthy of love. He will respond by drawing a mysterious, spiritual valley out of his own depths, a new identity called into being by the love that is addressed to him. And I just think that's so powerful. And it reminded me, actually, there's this beautiful movie that's called The Letter Writer. And it's it's a story about a man who, an elderly man who writes letters randomly to people telling them how beautiful and how much they are loved in the world. And he doesn't put a signature or an address and he just sends them out into the world randomly as prayers. And, and so when you were talking about writing the love to ourselves, it reminded me of that beautiful example. And Ryan and I did that one year. We think it was around Thanksgiving or Christmas time. We, randomly read 
just took like looked online for address books and sent wrote notes of love to strangers and just mailed them wow. off. And who knows what happened? But the idea of that act of giving and that act of supporting one another in seeing ourselves as the beauty and the grace and the love that each of us are because it is we are God. The eyes of God are speaking. The word, the eyes of God are moving through us. The words of God are moving through mm-hmm. us. The presence of God is moving through us. And that is what is sharing in the Christ love with another. And beautiful. That's so sweet. And that's a beautiful, another expression of that love, that love anonymously. And just see where that <laughs> reflection goes to. We could use more of that in my world specifically. So... Wow, I think we have tender hearts ready to receive the heart of prayer tonight. And if I can ask Brother Craig to lead and then Reverend Marion to follow, that would be awesome. Yes, Holy Spirit. Divine Mother Mary who carried the Christ child for months, knowing that Christ was already here before he was placed in the manger, establishing that intimacy. She obeyed the word of God, and she wrapped the infant in love and submitted to God's will by placing him in a manger as the shepherds watched. The shepherds who were keeping vigilant for the sleeping minds of all humans, protecting them from evil thoughts and threatening desires, and they were visited by an angel, an angel of life, where they were consumed by love. Let us all be open and obedient to this angelic light and carry it forth into the world, carry this love, this love that Mary had for her child as she placed him out of obedience in the manger. Amen. 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 That's all of us. Take what is our most precious gift and lay it in the manger of our hearts. God wants it all. He just doesn't want part of us. He wants all of us and all of our possessions. So let's use this beautiful template that Craig set us up for of placing our greatest gift in the altar, in the major of our altar, the altar of our major. Blessed Miriam. And we we are being guided and accessing that star, that star of Bethlehem, that bright light, that Christ love. Let us all attune to that frequency, that vibration, and let it guide us and fill us. The prayer I have for all of us is that we fill ourselves up. We allow ourselves to fully fill up with this light, with this grace, with this love knowing that we are beauty, we are precious, we are loved, that all of us, every part of us, whatever we might deem ugly, whatever we might deem grotesque or insignificant or doubtful or what, all of that stuff that we might get caught in the mind, we just hold it out to the light and we let the light bathe it and wash it clean and let us then fill up all the spaces in us that have been opened up with that grace and with that healing. And so as we move into this season of anchoring in this light, let it be our commitment to be this, be this for ourselves first and then be this for others in the world so that 
as we move and as we walk and as we talk and as we think, we are sprouting seeds and trees of light that reach everyone, all beings, everywhere, all time and space. Thank you, God. Thank you, all the beings of light that are supporting us. Thank you, this ministry, for holding the anchor for each of us, all of the mentors and teachers that have brought us here today so that we can grow and we can fully receive. Thank you. Amen. 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 The beautiful image of these both these prayer warriors that just spoke. The image that comes to me is the the reign of God or the blessings of God. I have one of my favorite pictures that both Ron and myself had during Christmas time, and, and I still do. We kind of make a little grotto and host this picture is with Padre Pio and the Christ Child, the statue of the Christ Child, and in his community they allowed him to put the baby Jesus, the infant Christ, into the manger. Just as Craig says, to for our own intentions, let's place our greatest gift into the manger of our hearts tonight. This image that Padre Peel has, it's like he was holding the Christ child. And during my prayer time, as I was contemplating that, I thought, he did. Padre Peel could see the Christ. He could see the baby Jesus. So the way he just hosted the cuddled the the baby Jesus was uh, amazing as our savior we all awake to be saved renewed and restored and so as that Christ light comes into our hearts right now let's place our hand on our hearts it's like putting the blanket on the the infinite Christ the Christ consciousness and we behold the glory of God we behold the glory of God in us, in our relationships, in our homes, in our families, in our workplace, in our sleeping, in our walking, in this world. I thank you, O Lord, our God, for that expansion of your light tonight. May it become a, a season, not a season, but a, a lifetime of love. Let the romance of the beloved begin to stir your heart tonight in the next couple of days and weeks to come, accumulating on the Christed light, the Shekinah glory presence, just as the star David led them the shepherds, to this beautiful place of a birth, of a king, a savior. So in our journey, in the next couple of weeks, we behold the jewel, the gift of Christ within us. Christ behold us. Christ around us. Christ above us. Christ below us. A Christed has come. Let the Holy of Holies be a consuming fire now and set aflame the healing of your bodies, the healing of emotions, of painful memories of the past. Just chip away, chip away at those hard places. I thank you, O Lord our God, for great grace. Come, Holy Spirit, set a fire now Set afire the love of God, that consuming fire that loves you unconditionally. Just holy, holy, holy. I thank you, O Lord our God, and through the intercession of our blessed mother who carried Yeshua for nine months. Can you imagine her journey, her care? And we get to now carry this into our holiday season of preparing the way for that new birth in each of us. I just say thank you, God, for your illuminating light and grace. May you be filled with the breath of Yeshua. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Miriam. Thank you, Brother Craig, for hosting tonight. This was a joy to share life together. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy Hanukkah.